morning, church. The first reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. In my former book, Theophosius, I wrote all about, I wrote all, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proof that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while, while he was eating with them, he gave them this commandment, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water in a few days, he will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in the all of Judea and Samaria and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intensely up onto the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven, will come, back in, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And the second reading is taken from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 27. Just as, just as a body... Though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews, whether Jews or Galatians, slaves or free, we are all given one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, would it for that reason stop being the part of the body? And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, do I not belong to the body? It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was an, were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has, placed, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say... To the, to the foot, I don't need you. On the contrary, 
those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacks it. So, so that there should be no division in the body, but it is parts, it's, it's, but, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we appreciate Alan Reynolds? Put your hand up if you're involved in setting up for the church in any way. Let's just see your hand. It's good. Put your hand up if you are involved in praying, if you pray at all in the week at any point. Wonderful. Put your hand up if you help lead our children's groups. Maybe not today, but at different points. Wonderful. Put your hand up if you help with Alpha. It's good. Put your hand up if you preach at any point. Look around as people raise their hands. It's good. Put your hand up if you take part in leading the service. Okay. Put your hand up if you help, whether we know it or not, in cleaning. You clean, pick up things around the church, inside. It's great. Put your hand up if you help doing anything with the garden. great. We love it when it looks good, don't we? But it's not magic. It doesn't just happen. Put your hand up if you help lead on the church council. If you're on the church council, staff team, put your hand up if you help do welcome. Put your hand up if you don't do any of the things I've mentioned. (laughs) Do you like the reading we've just heard? The body with many parts. Some parts of the body are seen and heard, but other parts are not. Last week, if you were here, I was asking whether you can see my heart. Can you see my lungs? But they are vital parts of my body. And they help the body function. Each one of us plays an important role in the part 
of this body that is St. John's. St. John's has been going for about 144, five? I'm waiting for somebody who's astute. There will be those who know exactly this. They, 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 they keep account. 144, 100 coming up 145 years. To keep a church like this going for those many years, we cannot all do everything. Even if Marilla tried, she's good at a lot of things, but even Marilla, Logan, cannot do everything. That's comforting, isn't it? Because she's very able. But even Marilla cannot do it all. And that's a comfort for us. When talents are given, to some we're given one talent, to others we're given five To some people you'll see are able to do so many things and you think, how on earth could I do anything? But whatever talent you're given, our invitation for each one of us is to use that talent and to multiply it. Do you remember that parable? So the person with one talent hides it, thinking they're very clever. And then when the master comes, he says, but I... I had just one, so I kept it really safe until you return. And the challenge to him was, I gave you a talent and you did not use it. The instruction was for all of you, whether with one or three or five, that you do your best to multiply what you have. Because to the faithful, he is faithful. This morning, we're going to be focusing on stewardship, on giving, And in there, we'll say a little bit more about the invitation for all of us to be involved in giving. And you might say, I don't have as much as whoever named them, X has. So I cannot give at all because I don't have as much as they have. Do you remember that parable of the widow? She had two coins. Did she hold them back? She gave. And the percentage of her giving then was 50%. Because if she had two and she gave one, she stayed with the one. Giving can sometimes become harder the more we have, or sometimes harder when we feel we don't have as much. But the underlying principle of giving is that God has given to us. And therefore, our invitation is to give back to him in worship. And as we give to him, then God is blessed. But also, the Bible teaches us that it's more blessed to give than just to receive. So as we give, God is blessed, but we also are blessed. But we also see here in 1 Corinthians that as we give, the body is blessed. As we use our gifts, they edify the other people. So this is not putting the spotlight on those whose hands didn't go up for any of the things that I asked, but there's a long list of so many things. And my challenge to us, a gentle challenge without naming us, is that we are called in the kingdom of God not to be participants and consumers, but to be those who take part. What did I say? Not to be participants? I meant to be participants. I'm hearing myself as I talk. We're not called just to be consumers and to be passive. That's what I was looking for. But to be 
participants, to take part. Each of us has a part to play. Your part might not be as big as somebody else's part, but you have a part because God gives us gifts and he knows exactly what we can do. In that football team analogy, you might not be the best with your feet. I support Man United, by the way. And what's amazing, I know, I know, thank you very much. We haven't won the trophy, but, but, watch this, our goalkeeper has the golden gloves. So, you may laugh at David Gehair and think, oh, he can't use his feet. But guess what? He does the job of a goalkeeper. And he's kept 17 clean sheets. So, whatever argument you might make for that goalkeeper not using his feet, he does the job of a goalkeeper. There can be extra expectations of us to do other things, but the primary thing, the baseline for all of us is to just use what God has given you. That's the baseline. And each of us will know what that gift is in different ways. We've got a response, um, which I don't know whether you've all got. If you haven't, um, there'll be one for everybody at the end of the service to take away. And there are two response forms. We'll explain this a bit more later. But in these response forms, one of them has specifically about finances. The other one has the question, how can you serve? Now, you might tick off one thing. For example, you might say, I would like to do readings. Or you might say, oh, I would like to do readings and lead a connect group. You might say, I'd like to do readings, lead a connect group, do welcome, lead a service. I'm looking at one person here. You might say, those are many things, but I would like to help arrange flowers. That's not specifically for you, but um, <laughs> if you know Chris's story, he's done so many things over the years in church. Okay, so at different stages, you're able to do. It's for you to recognize what is God on your own inviting you to do. And that will be different things for all of us. Maybe you might say, I've been doing that a long time. I would like to change it and do something else this time. But the other thing for us, which is going to come up as you hear about the money, which can be harder for others to say, but in my role as vicar, I have to say it as that we're all invited to give financially. Now, it's for us to decide that between us and God. That's the invitation in Scripture. You make that decision between you and God as to how much you give. But like the parable of the one and the three and the five talents, we can all give something. It's that question of how much and what. I'm going to tie this up and then invite Kate shortly. Return, renew, rebuild, go. It's Ascension Sunday. In Acts, when Jesus is leaving, he says to the people around him, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Then you will be my witnesses. We want to do the goal. We want to do so many things very quickly. But before we go, wait.
return to that place of your first love. Come back to the understanding of why we do what we do. From, from that place will we be infused by the Spirit to step out. I finish with this line. When we sat as a PCC to pray together, we thought through values and said, what are our values for a church 145 years? And those things change at different points, but just listen to this, and we'll write this down so you can all see it. And these values shape who we are and all that we do. Seven of them. You can make a list of 12 or 20, but this has come from prayer with the PCC. Listen to these. Prayer. Worship, the Bible, Holy Spirit, community, mission, and discipleship. Those seven should intertwine everything that we do and say that St. John's will be known as a people of prayer, that we will be people who worship God and our lives are full of worship, that it will be Bible-based, that our teaching will be grounded in Scripture at all times, that when we gather, we will know the infilling and indwelling the Holy Spirit, that we will always be attuned to hear what He is saying to us at all times, that we'll be a people of community. And in our activities, we'll do community. Of course, have fun as we do that, but we're a people of community, and we value that. From that place... That will be a base for mission. Always outward looking. Always outward looking. And a church that disciples new people. Are you ready, Kate? Kate is ready to talk to us a bit more about giving. Just so you hear that giving doesn't stand on its own. Shall we appreciate Kate as she comes? Kate is our treasurer. Thank you. Um, right, I'm going to just talk to you very briefly, uh, first of all, about the finances for 2022, um, then a little bit on the sort of broader picture, trying to fit into the context that we've been talking about in terms of renewal and rebuilding, um, and then finally, just how we can uh, start a conversation about how we can respond to that and help as a family. Um, I won't talk a lot about numbers. Um, the church counts were, were published last week um, and that they were sent out online. There's also a copy at the back and if anybody want, has any questions, wants to talk to me about them, I'm around after the service or any other time. So feel free to come and find me and ask questions. So I'm going to start with the income. Um, so our income in 2022 was... Uh, 369,000, so that was down 43,000 pounds compared to 2021. Um, the biggest reduction was because in 2021 we had a very large, very generous donation, one-off donation. Um, and the other thing that, that decreased um, a fair amount was the income that we get from letting the church base, because in 2020 and 2021, as you know, we were able to host a vaccine centre so we did get um, very substantial income from the vaccine centre last year, 
but uh, it, was, it was not as much. And obviously that is one of the big income streams that won't be continuing. Um, so just, uh, I hope, is that all visible to everybody? You can read. Okay, so I don't need to go through what the, the different blocks are, but what I tried to do was to build up um, where we get our income from. The big areas, obviously, um, giving and the uh, property from the sorry the income from renting both the church and a couple of properties that we have equity in. Um, our regular giving was up about nine thousand or six percent. So those are the sort of major features of the of the income side of things. So income down forty three thousand. Our costs were 350,000 in broad terms. Um, those costs were up 36%, sorry, up 36,000 or 11%. Um, now the big movements in that, first of all, the purple block there is the London Diocesan Fund quota. So that's what we give to the London Diocesan Fund towards the costs of clergy, housing, training, etc. And that went up by 12,000 in 2022. And that's because in 2021, and I think uh, previously for, for a while, we had no a vicar living in the vicarage. And obviously when, when Sam started, then we also started paying those housing costs. Um, the building costs were up about 9,000, and that includes about 12,000 on utilities. So I think many of you will be familiar of what's been happening with what's been happening in the utility markets. Um, we did manage to secure a fixed contract, but we still uh, experienced a very significant rise in our electricity and gas costs. Um, our staff costs are down a little, um, really from reorganising some responsibilities um, after our caretaker retired. So that's the, the, the picture the, the picture of 2022, our finances. I'll just talk a little bit um, more broadly. Where does that leave us? So firstly, we, we had a, a surplus in 2022 before planned projects. So that's before the, the major project work that we do to, to maintain the church or big mission projects. We had a surplus of 20,000. We spent 10,000 on those planned projects. Um, that was finishing off the doors at uh, the West End, um, replacing uh, dishwashers um, and things like that. Um, and then our investments... Uh, were revalued and declined by 20,000. So overall, what that meant was that the assets of the church declined by 10,000. That said, we still have a very healthy financial picture. Um, we have assets of uh, over a million, and I'll, but I'll come back to how we can use those assets in a minute. Um, so the broader picture then, for a number of years, and certainly since I've been involved, the PCC has budgeted on a deficit basis, so accepting that we may uh, spend more than we get in. And we have been regularly blessed with, um, last year maybe the vaccine centre income, uh, one-off donations, legacies, um, and generally that, that, those have filled the gap that we uh, could have had. As I said, 2021 uh, and 22 were similar pattern, the exceptional income from the vaccine centre. But when we look at what's going on underneath, 
we have a picture where our regular costs are not covered by our regular income. Um, and that is something in the context of the renewal and rebuilding of the church that we'd like to address because it would be much healthy for us to start from at least a break-even position on our regular um, income and, and costs. And then we can use uh, any extras towards some of the bigger projects. I think the, the, that balance of the regular income versus regular cost is particularly important, as I mentioned last year, in terms of our longer-term commitments, because a, a large part of our cost base is what, in accountancy terms, we would call fixed or semi-fixed. What that means is they are commitments that it's very difficult to row back from um, without significant pain. And, you know, we have uh, considerable costs running this building. Uh, we have commitments to our staff, those kind of things we have to think about um, over a number of years, not just this year. Um, we have two sources of, you know, large sources of maintainable income. There's our lettings income and then our giving. And um, Sam has touched on that, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about the giving situation. Um, at the top of this slide, I just took um, some data from previous years, and I, and I picked unrestricted giving. That's, that's um, giving that basically has, we're able to use, PCCA is able to use it exactly as it wishes. There's no um, specific uh, restrictions placed on it. Um, and that pattern shows that our giving is now increasing over the last couple of years, but when our, I picked a, a year that was before the pandemic, um, so 2017 as a marker, we did have St. James as part of our um, organization then. So it's a, it's a slightly different profile, but it's just an indication. Um, so our, our giving is down 10% compared to 2017. Meanwhile, our, the corresponding unrestricted costs are 6% higher. So. In itself, that 6% is actually a really good um, marker, as Liz mentioned to me, but um, it's, the, it's, the, it, it's the balance, if you like, because if you have that discrepancy over time, you're going to get um, something that uh, uh, the, the discrepancy is only going to get bigger. Um, looking specifically at giving, we have 216 um, on the electoral roll at the moment, and 102 uh, regular givers. Um, so again, that's, that's really good to hear, and that's a great blessing. Um, but one thing that is important to realize is that 80% of our regular income comes from 28 of those giving households. So that's quite a large dependency on a relatively small group within our congregation. I wanted to touch for a minute on our historical reserves because I talked about the fact that we, you know, we, we are in a good position. We've got solid assets. Um, as I said, over a million pounds if you look at the accounts. Um, but a lot of those are tied up in property and some of the funds that we have are also restricted in use. So PCC cannot do uh, anything with them. They, they need to be very particular about how they spend that money. Um, others are designated. Now, last year I talked about designated funds and I explained they're a bit like savings accounts where the PCC 
takes large amounts of money and puts it aside in a, in a savings account for the big projects. So, for instance, the West End doors or those dishwashers that I mentioned. Those designations can be reversed. So we could, if we needed to, go to that money and spend it on our regular activities. But we'd obviously rather not do that because we have a long list of big projects. Some things that need to be done. Um, Sam mentioned lighting. And there are, the lighting actually, part of it is kind of getting out of date to the point where it can't be, um, things that go wrong can't be replaced. So that will have to be addressed at some point. We have to do some stuff on security. Um, just other recent examples of, we've got requests now, we need to replace the crypt shower and the vestry toilet. So none of this is glamorous stuff, but it needs to be done. And the funding for that comes from those designated funds. Um, and there are other things like carpets and redecoration, music and sound equipment, which we would love to, to get to to sort of enhance what we can do uh, for, for the church, for our worship, for our mission. So, um, how can we as a family help address this? I just thought I'd set out the, the size of the challenge, if you like. If I want to get to a break-even position where our income meets our regular costs, then we need to find £25,000. So that's just over £2,000, £2,100 a month. Um, I've given some examples of, of how that might be achieved. If some of us were able to give more, maybe some, some who are not yet on the regular giving scheme uh, could participate in that. And it's also, also a good point to say that the regular giving really helps us in managing the finances of the church because that gives us visibility and some stability. Um, if you're on the re regular giving scheme, could you have a look and see uh, what your gift aid position is, make sure that um, we're making, we're, we're benefiting from that if we can, but equally if your circumstances have changed that you tell us so that we're not claiming uh, for money that we're not entitled to. So just to round up then, in terms of response, I think the first thing is to pray. Um, firstly, to give great thanks for the, the wonderful provision that God makes for us. And for all of those who receive and give to support St. John's, both with money and time. Um, please also pray for wisdom and discernment at PCC when we look at the finances of the church and we make decisions about how we use those gifts. Um, one of the things that will be coming up shortly for the next PCC is a decision about what we pledge for the London Diocesan Fund next year. They, they like to know in the middle of the year what we can give them next year. Historically, we have always at least met the costs um, of providing clergy uh, for our church, but we've also given 10% on, on top of that to support other churches who may not be so financially um, in, in such a good financial position. And finally, if we can pray for our own personal finances and for guidance on how we can contribute and what is right for us to give um, to our church. So in the things that you can actually do... Um, I think we've mentioned forms on chairs. I think they're actually at the back of, uh, of the lounge. So if you could pick up a form when you, when you go. And 
bring the pledges back over the next couple of, of weeks. We'd like to make this part of our worship, um, so to bring them back and offer them up. And check your gift aid status, um, and then Liz and I are always available if you have any questions about giving or about finances in general. Okay? Thank you. Can we just give Kate another clap, please? If you've done presentations or done anything on money, it takes a lot of hours to get to this stage, just to say that bit. So do appreciate her when you can. Whatever thank you we say won't be enough, but thank you um, to you. And the forms that Kate was talking about are by the contactless giving machine. I wonder whether um, Paul and Anita, you could just have these, if you hold them, as people leave so everybody can take one. One of them is for financial giving, and the other one has a long list of different things that you could get involved in. Shall we just pray, and then the band will come and lead us in our final song before Marilla closes. Let's just, shall we stand if you're able, please?